0: We continue with Stephen's oral defense to the false charges raised by the Sanhedrin found in Acts chapter 7, verses 17 through 43. In his defense, Stephen summed up the Old Testament and declared his faith in the face of death for the sake of Christ. Please listen to Pastor Jim as he delivers today's portion of this week's message entitled, Stephen explains Moses. Well, Stephen keeps going. He's going to resume his commentary on the life of Moses. And you're about to see why Stephen chose to recite all of this. As I said, he's going to bring this to the payoff. Watch how Stephen emphasizes the uniqueness of Moses. Remember, they said he speaks blasphemously against Moses. He's telling the true story of Moses. Pick it up at verse 35. This Moses, whom they disown, saying, who made you a ruler and a judge, is the one whom God sent to be both a ruler and a deliverer with the help of the angel who appeared to him in the thorn bush. This man led them out. Performing wonders and signs in the land of Egypt and in the Red Sea and in the wilderness for forty years. This is the Moses who said to the sons of Israel, "God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your brethren." This is the one who was in the congregation in the wilderness together with the angel who was speaking to him on Mount Sinai and who was with your with our fathers, and he received living oracles to pass on to you. See, he's building his case. I'm telling you the true story of Moses and what he really did, and the one that he said would come after him. Oh, by the way, that's the Jesus that you want to kill me for preaching. Remember, they brought false witnesses accusing Stephen of blasphemous words against Moses and against God. So Stephen now is beginning to show a parallel between how Israel treated Moses And how the Sanhedrin treated Jesus and was treating the apostles. And this time, he weaves in words from Exodus chapter 32. Let's go on, starting at verse 39. Our fathers were unwilling to be obedient to Him, but repudiated Him, and in their hearts turned back to Egypt, saying to Aaron, Make for us gods who will go before us. For this Moses who led us out of the land of Egypt, we do not know what happened to him. At that time, they made a calf and brought a sacrifice to the idol and were rejoicing in the works of their hands. So here's Stephen further setting up the parallel. God turned away from the ones who spurned his grace and their deliverance from slavery in Egypt and... They were, the whole generation died out, delayed 40 years getting to the promised land. The parallel is that the Sanhedrin of Stephen's day was doing exactly the same thing by rejecting the Messiah and His messengers. So, read on, verse 42. "'But God turned away and delivered them up to serve the host of heaven, as it is written in the book of the prophets.' grief, the guy's already quoted a bunch from Genesis. He's already quoted a bunch from Exodus. Now he even knows a minor prophet? This is what you need to know. He's going to quote now from Amos chapter 5. It's written in the book of the prophets. It was not to me that you offered victims and sacrifices 40 years in the wilderness, was it, O house of Israel? You also took along the tabernacle of Moloch and the star of the god of the, god Ramphah, the images which you made to worship, I will also remove you beyond the Jordan. Now, here's what he's saying. Uh, serving the host of heaven, that refers to Israel's idolatry associated with worshiping the sun and the moon and the stars. By the way, The sun and the moon and the stars have absolutely no power whatsoever over people. Astrology is false religion. It's false worship. Don't go there. Don't toy with it. God created the heavens and the earth. He made it for signs and for seasons of of His plans. It has nothing to do with any power over you. It's false to worship that. That was just part of the package of bad doctrines, both brought from Egypt and borrowed from the pagans in, in Canaan. Likewise, Moloch and Rompha are the names of pagan gods. This is another brilliant use of Scripture that Stephen used. Amos's quote about idolatry in Israel. And notice he also said, I will also remove you beyond Babylon. In other words, he's warning and predicting that the Babylonian captivity was just and correct and right because God promised that if Israel disobeyed, they would forfeit their place in the land, and they would be taken off to captivity for for 70 years of, uh, of chastisement. And the parallels are building. You've got one strand, Israel being delayed 40 years from getting to the promised land. Another strand is Israel persisting in idolatry and being taken off in captivity And parallel to those ways that God dealt with his people in history, Stephen's going to make the point now that the Sanhedrin, which is condemning him to death, is similarly rejecting God's message and rejecting God's people. And by the way, it was exactly as Jesus said it would be. Matthew 21, Jesus said to them, referring to leaders of the Jews, Did you never read in the Scriptures the stone which the builders rejected? This became the chief cornerstone. This came about from the Lord, and it is marvelous in our eyes. Therefore, I say to you, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people producing the fruit of it. And he who falls on this stone will be broken to pieces, but on whomever it falls, it will scatter him like dust." Stephen's saying, guys, you can tell me that I'm misrepresenting Moses, but the fact is, here's the true story. You are siding with the ones who have opposed God. And as you know, this is not going to end well on earth for Stephen. He understood. One of the reasons this is here is not just so we can see the development of the early church and and there's going to be huge implications of what happens here with Stephen, but this is here for us to understand Stephen is an example. It was like Jesus said, Matthew 10 verse 22, "'You will be hated by all because of My name.'" but it is the one who has endured to the end who will be saved. So literal with Stephen, the one who endures to the end without compromising, without caving in, without denying the Lord. And Stephen is doing just as he should have done. Doing as I would hope that we would do if we were in a similar situation. By the way, he's also doing what Jesus did. Maybe you thought of this parable. It occurred to me this uh, this week. Remember after His resurrection, one of Jesus' appearance was with two guys who were on the road to Emma, uh, Emmaus and Luke twenty four twenty seven, 27. It says, then beginning with Moses and with all the prophets, He explained to them the things concerning Himself in the Scriptures. I know there is a famous pastor with a massive television ministry who encourages us to unhitch from the Old Testament and stop quoting the Bible. He is not a pastor. He is a pseudo-pastor. He's a wolf in sheep's clothing. He's a false teacher. He is absolutely in total opposition to Jesus. Remember this from the story that Jesus told of the rich man and a man named Lazarus, who died, and this is before the cross, they were in the place of the dead, and the guy that's is begging that his brothers would hear, and they'd have a chance to be where Abraham was. Verse 29 of Luke 16, but Abraham said, they have Moses and the prophets, let them hear them. How important is it that we know the first three quarters of our Bible? We call it the Old Testament. It's essential. It's absolutely essential. And we are without excuse for not knowing it. They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. But he said, no, Father Abraham. But if someone goes to them from the dead, they will repent. But he said to them, if they do not listen to Moses and the prophets, they will not be persuaded even if someone rises from the dead. A resurrection won't even do it unless you're willing to believe that this is from God. And that's exactly what we're seeing Stephen do. He went back to Genesis. I quipped last time. Ken Ham wasn't the first one that thought the answers begin in Genesis. He went back to Abraham. He went back to Moses. He went back to the prophets. Now, why did Stephen do this, this way? Well, he knew it would be futile to reply specifically to the false accusations because the Sanhedrin held all the power. They were clearly willing to lie. They, they put forth false witnesses that they had recruited to further their lies and they were even willing to murder So, Stephen didn't even bother with getting into an argument over the details of their accusations against him. He just took them face to face with God's Word. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program.